0: Are you working what kind of work
1: are you doing? you're listening to the edge with aaron karolnik giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy 18 18- Hours remain until we are blessed with a cornucopia of NFL playoff greatness. Welcome in to The Edge for this Friday night. My name is Aaron Korolnik. I'll be joined with by Al's brother in just a matter of moments. Al's brother, hot off his national television performance on Overdrive, where he was making his best bets for the NFL weekend. We'll get to him in just a moment, and man, I am so excited for what's to come This weekend six games six games to take in and enjoy and it all starts with perhaps the game I'm most excited for the Buffalo Bills as six point favorites hosting Al's Brothers Indianapolis Colts. How are you feeling right now a B must be a little bit nerve wracking with that game coming up so close. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a, a tough one for for Indy to win. There's there's a formula for them to cover the number, I think, if they can just run the ball and Jonathan Taylor can can do what he's been doing the last little bit. Uh, fun. We were talking before the show, and I kind of surprised you by saying how he finished the season third and rushing, which just goes to show how dominant he's been the last little bit. So if they can keep to that, if Phil Rivers can just be a game manager, not turn the football over, and then that defense can just play the way they do. They've, they had two named to the All-Pro today in DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. I think that they stand a chance to win this game, and uh, but I certainly am sweating it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bills have lost six consecutive playoff games, the third-longest active playoff win drought behind the Lions and the Bengals, but they enter the playoffs on a six-game win streak. All right, I've threw a lot of numbers out there, a lot of stats. Let's get to it. Show me the meaning. Is this a meaningful stat? A meaningful, I took it about meaningful, I had that word, meaningful. Or a meaningless number?
2: Facts are meaningless. You
1: can use facts to prove anything that's even remotely true. What do you mean? Okay, we'll get back to the Bills and the Colts in just a moment, Al's brother. But let's look to Saturday night. It's Tampa Bay. They're in Washington. The Bucks, eight-point favorites. But get this stat. Or perhaps it's a meaningless number. You'll have to tell me. Tom Brady. 0-7 against the spread in his last seven prime time games. And this game on Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Is that meaningful or meaningless to you? If
0: I'm not mistaken, I think there's a chapter inside TB12's book uh, about how his bedtime is 8.30. And Mm -hmm. that would mean that this game will be played at 8.30 when he goes to bed. So he's not used to playing football late at night, and an 0-7 stat really does show that he it just it does affect him somehow in some way, especially later in his career. It's been uh, affecting him. So you know what? I think it's 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 meaningful, uh, and I might even be on Washington this weekend to cover the number.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like it's ageist of me to be like, well, Brady's 43, goes to bed at 8.30, getting ready to go to Del Boca Vista for the pool and maybe has a steam, but this is a reality here. Tom Brady struggles in primetime games. And this year with the Tampa Bay Bucks in his age 43 season, the Bucks are one and three in primetime games. Brady has thrown five touchdowns and five interceptions in those games. In every other game not played at night, Brady 10 and two, 35 touchdowns, and 7 picks. It's a massive disparity. I think it's absolutely meaningful. That being said, I think when you're evaluating this game with the Bucks in Washington, we don't know the status of of Alex Smith, who makes a significant difference. He's not a a prolific thrower. In fact, his average yards per target or depth of target is the lowest in the NFL in the last 15 years. So he does not throw the ball particularly deep or for a lot of yards. But there's something about Alex Smith that just makes a difference to that offense. And having a rookie like Heineke go in there, I think it's going to be a a tough slog if that's what that's what's required for Washington. I think we'll see Alex Smith play. This dude is
0: a warrior. Like this is somebody who was moments away from having his leg amputated, and two years later he's starting. Really, I didn't hear that story. I never heard that story. But Alex Smith, did that happen? Wow! And then two years later, here he is starting football games in the NFL and potentially once again in the playoffs. So I honestly think that this guy's going to play, and and if he does play, it certainly gives Chicago or uh, Washington a much better chance to win. If he's not. I certainly don't like Washington in this game. We've seen what the, what the football team looks like when he's not under center. But if he's in there, I, I really do like what he can do. He's just a game manager. That's what he is. He wins football games any way that he can do it. If it takes dinking and dunking, if it takes handing the ball off to Antonio Gibson, he'll do what's mm-hmm. necessary to give his team the best chance to win.
1: They may not win the game, but I think it is very possible that they could keep it to within a touchdown. So Lamar Jackson, 0-2 in his postseason career, the Ravens' three-and-a-half-point favorites in Tennessee on Sunday. His total quarterback rating has dropped 50 points from regular season to postseason in his career. That is the largest drop of any quarterback over the last 15 seasons. Is that a meaningful stat or a meaningless number?
0: I think it's pretty meaningless. I think just a two-game sample size just isn't enough for me to, to call yeah. it meaningful. I think it's just sample size. And I think when you look at this matchup this weekend, I don't know if Lamar Jackson has to be the focal point of this offense like he has had to be the last couple of years. I think that this running game with J.K. Dobbins uh, is is really strong and they can... I don't know if they I don't want to say that they can hang with Derrick Henry because he's clearly the king.
1: Oh, they can definitely hang with Derrick Henry. That running game in Baltimore. It can. Maybe not not individually, that's but
0: collectively, 100%. Yes. And and that's why I think that when I take a look at the quarterback rating, I don't think it matters because that's not going to be the game plan
1: for the Ravens. I will say that if Lamar Jackson were to lose in this game and the Ravens were to lose to Tennessee, he would become the Second quarterback to start their career by losing playoff openers in three straight seasons. The other, Andy Dalton. So probably not the best company for Lamar Jackson to be in. And that's a game we'll focus on with Johnny Avello from DraftKings when he joins us in about seven minutes' time. Don Padua, the executive producer of TSN Edge, will join us a little bit later as well. All right, finally, Chicago Bears, they're nine-and-a-half or ten-point dogs, depending on where you look. They're in New Orleans on Sunday. And Chicago scored... 31.2 Thirty-one point two points per game over the final five weeks of the season. That's tied with the Saints for the sixth most in the NFL. Does that mean anything to you or is that meaningless? It's certainly
0: meaningful. It means that Mitch Trubisky has given this offense a shot in the arm. They they handed over the play calling to uh to their offensive coordinator. Nagy's no longer calling plays and and uh David Montgomery is playing much better as of late, and the offensive line is opening up holes. It's all kind of coming together for this offense, but uh, I so certainly I do believe it is a meaningful stat. Does it mean that they'll cover that massive spread? Not too sure. But it certainly does give me more pause than it would have been if this was a Nick Foles-led team in the
1: way that we saw them looking around the midway through the season. Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jaguars. Not the most feared defenses in the NFL. Actually, in fact, all our bottom 10 defenses. Those are the four teams that Trubisky and co. put up those 30-plus points against in the final five weeks of the season, including kind of a, a dud against the Packers in Week 17 in a game they needed to win. I'm not optimistic in their ability to put up points on New Orleans. That being said, a double-digit spread, a little bit ominous if you ask me. So many injuries and question marks heading into this weekend Oz brother. So let's find out the latest. Don't let an injury hurt your fantasy week. Know who to go with and who to sit. This is In, Out, or iffy. Okay, a lot of fantasy leagues carry over to the playoffs. Well, maybe not carry over, but start fresh. And I'm in a bunch of leagues. Uh, It's almost sad how many leagues I've committed to. There's a league for first up if you're interested in joining that. I'll go to first up 1050 on Twitter for all the details of where to sign up. Okay, let's start up with who's in. And we think Alvin Kamara will be in. He tweeted yesterday, see y'all Sunday. And he was ineligible to rejoin the team after a positive coronavirus test. He has been practicing digitally. What that means, I'm not really sure. Apparently he has a transceiver and a live video decoder. Okay, welcome to 2021 and technology. Jamal Adams was left off the final injury report for the Seahawks. He will be in the lineup against the Rams. Dude was a monster all year. Nine and a half sacks from the safety position. Huge for the Seattle Seahawks. And after missing the final three games of the season to rest up for the playoffs, definitely looks like Mike Thomas will be back for Drew Brees. So you have Kamara and you have Michael Thomas for Drew Brees. That's huge for that offense. And the continuity throughout the years will be huge for New Orleans as they're facing off against Chicago. There is so much iffy going on. I can almost, I can, I struggle to count it. Let's start off with the Buffalo Bills. Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley practice in limited fashion on Thursday. They're both listed as questionable. Al's brother, what does your intuition tell you about Diggs and Beasley heading into Saturday's game?
0: I feel way more confident that Diggs will be out there. I don't know if you saw that video of them dancing uh, mm-hmm. at practice. Diggs was right in the middle of that. So he looked like he was fine. Didn't seem like he pulled a hammy in the middle of trying to bust a move. Cole Beasley, however, that one's a little more up in the air. And, you know, they've made some some roster moves. I think you said they pulled up Duke Williams uh, yep. from the the practice squad. CFL which, legend. 100%, which means that they may be getting ready to declare him out. So that is definitely going to be one to, to keep an eye on. And I that means that Isaiah McKenzie becomes a guy they're going to be putting out there yep. as their slot receiver. But uh, yeah, I think if if I had to handicap it right now, I think Diggs plays definitely. Colt Beasley, it's kind of seems doubtful at this point.
1: For those who like to throw a little cash on player props, maybe anytime touchdowns, first touchdown score, last touchdown score, if Beasley is out, you're going to want to look at Isaiah McKenzie, who was able to score five touchdowns from the slot with limited targets, and I think you could see him soak up a bunch of targets in a game where a lot of points should be scored. Jared Goff, Sean McVay has been quite coy on his status. We know he had thumb surgery. It does sound like the reporters in L.A. who cover the Rams say that Goff has been practicing with relative normal-type tendencies – He's throwing the ball well and taking all the normal snaps, but will he be out there tomorrow afternoon? I guess we'll see, and if it's not, it'll be John Wolford again who beat the Cardinals in the season finale. Alex Smith, questionable. Terry McLaurin's questionable. Antonio Gibson is questionable. I would expect the two skill position guys to be ready to go. Smith, I'm not so sure. There was even talk that he could potentially share snaps with Taylor Heineke. That's a situation to monitor. Mike Evans is questionable for the wild card round. There's been some optimism from Bruce Arians of the Bucks about his status. I would expect Evans to be out there. Whether or not he'll play a full complement of snaps, I'm not certain. The Bears, a lot of injuries on defense. Roquan Smith, the stud linebacker, he has an elbow injury. Jalen Johnson, he's got an injury as well. Neither practice this week. And Buster Screen, a quality cornerback, has been ruled out. So Chicago could be missing three key members of their D. And out... The Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stavansky, out. He will not be coaching. He has coronavirus. Their Pro Bowl guard, Joel Batonio, out as well. That's a huge aspect of their offense, their run game and their pass game. And they could be facing some problems, additional problems on the offensive line. Wyatt Teller and Jack Conklin listed as questionable. So could be some big time problems with the Cleveland Browns heading into the Sunday evening game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll get into that and all of the other wild card weekend games with Johnny Avello from DraftKings when he joins us next here on the edge. We're back here on The Edge on this Friday night. My name is Aaron Korolnik, and a lot of Toronto Raptors fans are wishing for a W. Perhaps they might come to fruition tonight as the Raps are in Sacramento to take on the Kings. They will be missing one key member of their squad, Kyle Lowry, out tonight for personal reasons our intrepid TSN 1050 Raptors reporter. Let's bring the music down, house brother? Josh Leuenberg reporting the absence is not health related. He was excused for a personal issue, but is expected to rejoin the team tomorrow. So in a crucial game, a game in which the Toronto Raptors are staring right in the face of a 1-7 and record to start the season. They will not have Kyle Lowry. The Raps, two-and-a-half point favorites in this one. Of course, that's changed with the news of Lowry. They were minus five-and-a-half, now down to just minus two-and-a-half. And you'd expect perhaps Malachi Flynn, Terrence Davis, amongst others in the backcourt to get some additional run with Kyle Lowry out. We've been talking so much about the NFL weekend to be it all starts tomorrow at one o'clock with the Buffalo Bills hosting the Indianapolis Colts and it is my pleasure to welcome in our friend Johnny Avello from DraftKings he's the race and sports book director of operations what's going on Johnny how are you hey Aaron I am doing wonderful thank you uh, it is great to have you back on the show my friend we always appreciate your view from Vegas and let's start off with the Buffalo Bills who are six-and-a-half-point favorites on DraftKings. And you look at that number, and I know the handle and the number of bets heavily slanted towards Buffalo. Why hasn't that line eclipsed the seven-point benchmark and gone Buffalo minus seven-and-a-half, Johnny? Well, we opened
3: seven-and-a-half. We were pushed down to seven and then six-and-a-half by sharp money. Uh, so we've, you're right, though. It's It's been all Buffalo... And we'll probably end up going to seven at some point, um, maybe you know before the start of tomorrow's game. But uh, we're just holding to that number, and uh, you know, we're Buffalo has been a solid team. The X factor is always Philip Rivers on the other side. You just never know what you'll get from River, Philip Rivers, and if you bet on Philip Rivers through the years. <laughs> uh, he has burned it many times, and mm-hmm. once in a while he comes up with a you know big game as an underdog in this role. So um, that's the positive part about the Philip Riverside. But as far as the money is concerned, it's been all bills, and will continue to be all
1: bills. And it seems a lot of money slanted towards um, some of the heavier favorites. We'll get into the Steelers and the Browns situation in just a moment. But the second game on the slate tomorrow afternoon, Johnny, is the Seahawks hosting the Rams as three-and-a-half-point favorites. And we are still uncertain who will quarterback the Rams. Will it be John Wolford, who looked capable in his debut last week against the Cards? Or will it be Jared Goff, who's fresh off thumb surgery how do you view the impact of Goff versus Wolford as far as the point spread goes?
3: You know, I, I give Goff a little bit of advantage, but not much. Uh, he just has not played well at the end of the year. And so at least with Wolford in there, you have some options. The guy can run the football. He, um, so he, you know, he, he gives you an, another running back, so to speak. So I, uh, I don't know if there's a big difference between the two. If Scott decides if this game's down at three, down at the three uh, Seahawks, it's flip flip flop between three and three and a half. It seems like they like the Rams at three and a half. They like the Seahawks at minus three. So a dangerous number for us. Three is one of the most key numbers in pro football, as one out of every seven games lands on three. So so you don't like to keep moving back and forth like that. But uh, as far as the matchup's concerned, uh, I don't know if it makes that much of a difference.
1: Johnny Avello from DraftKings is our guest here on The Edge. My name is Aaron Korolnik. And Tom Brady, Johnny, has been in virtually every playoff situation imaginable. But his postseason debut for the Bucks will bring a new first, a wild card road game. The Bucs are in Washington as eight-point favorites. And we were talking in the previous segment about a stat involving Tom Brady in primetime games. He has lost seven in a row against the spread in primetime, dating back to last season. Do you factor that in when making a point spread? We were debating if that was a meaningful or meaningless stat, Brady playing at night versus the day. What is your view on that?
3: I guess that stat uh, probably means that Tom Brady has just lost a little through the last couple of years. Uh, But when you look at this Tampa Bay team, I go back to April when uh, Tampa Bay acquired Tom Brady. The Super Bowl money was pouring in on the team then, and it continued throughout the season. Uh, this team we have this, is the second most bet team to win the Super Bowl on our network, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Tampa Bay at 11 and 5, uh, if you told them at the beginning of the year, 11 and 5 would be your record, I guess they'd probably buy into that. The only issue with that, if you go back and look at those wins, 10 of those wins are against teams aren't even in a playoff. So they played a very weak schedule. Uh, the Washington football team, It's a little dangerous in this spot. They're 79 only, but that's a good season for them. They're at home and this team has a look of a Lawrence Taylor look, uh, that the Giants had back in 81. One player like a Chase Young is getting everybody else excited and, and, uh, you know, to play in a football, in every single football game. So, uh, this team has certainly played well towards the end of the year and, uh, do they deserve to win the East? Yes, they do. And maybe a dangerous spot here for the Bucks,
1: Johnny, when the point spreads came out for Wild Card Weekend, I was surprised to see the Ravens favored by more than a field goal as a road favorite in Tennessee. You think about their last five games, which they won, were against Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, the New York Giants, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Not a, not exactly uh murderer's row of NFL football teams, why so much love for Baltimore, and do you think that the money might come in on Tennessee late?
3: Uh, so far, this is the game that we probably have the best balance on. Uh, we opened Baltimore three and a half we're down to three, but when I look at the split on this game, uh, we you know this is the one that we 're not perfectly balanced uh, you know we're high Ravens, probably about fifty five percent to forty five percent The total's gotten some money on the over. Four of these games actually have been bet over, and two have been bet under. Uh, so, you know, I guess we put up the right number, and uh, we'll let the Betters tell us tomorrow where this thing should end up.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's a game I'm very curious about. We know Lamar Jackson's performance in previous playoffs, but I was looking at it today, Johnny. Lamar Jackson is younger than Joe Burrow, which I found to be astounding considering he was the unanimous MVP last year and he's already accomplished so much in his NFL career. I think there are certain similarities between the Chicago Bears and the Ravens in that both got really hot towards the end of the season and beat up on inferior opposition. And Chicago still laying double digits... Uh, in New Orleans against the Saints seems finally healthy sounds like Camaro will be out there. Uh, Michael Thomas returning from that ankle injury. Where is the money coming in with the Saints and the Bears?
3: Uh, this has been mostly Saints you know at nine and a half up to ten there's been some money on the Bears money line at you know plus four to four to one, and so you know, that's the way you kind of bet this game If the Bears are going to be in it. Maybe they win the game straight up, but uh yeah, bears are eight and eight and a deep, you know, they lost a bunch six games straight during a regular season. Haven't played well at the end of the year. Got buried by the Packers in the last game of the year. It's not a team that's playing well. Um, you know, you want Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky on to be your quarterback and win your football game. You're asking a lot, especially against a team who's twelve and four and, and certainly had a desire to get to the Super Bowl. So, not I don't think it's a great spot for the Bears. Would have shocked me if they covered a ten, no, but um you're asking a lot here from them
1: yeah i'm I'm with you, Johnny that's a game that uh, I think could get out of hand pretty quickly pretty early. a game that I have been really keenly anticipating goes Sunday night It's the Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh. Cleveland has lost seventeen straight games in Pittsburgh. Big Ben is twenty four and two in his career against the Browns, so the Steelers. On the surface, it does not sound like they're, they're overly concerned about the Browns. We heard what Juju Smith Schuster had to say yesterday. The number, however, has opened at Pittsburgh minus three and a half, now all the way up to Pittsburgh minus six. We know all the COVID issues with Cleveland. Explain to me how the people down in Vegas, including yourself, are looking at the Steelers and the Browns. Well,
3: we opened this game four and a half, and, uh, you know, we, we did go to six when we were sitting around five-and-a-half because of the COVID issues, Stefanski uh, and one of the defensive backs for the Browns. But they were pushing this game that way. The betters are all over the Steelers here. There's not a lot of Browns money showing up yet. It's been all Steelers. Now, just to give a perspective on point spreads, these two teams just met about a week ago, and the Browns were a 10-point favorite. And now the Steelers are a six-point favorite. That's a sixteen-point swing. Now it is true that the Steelers were playing with probably a you know sixty-five, seventy percent team, and the Browns were going pretty much full strength. But uh, that's quite a, a switch there to go from ten to six. And it just goes to show you that what personnel means in a game, and how those that personnel could change a point spread. Uh, the Browns are in the playoffs for the first time in eighteen years. In fact, they've only three winning seasons since ninety nine, but and I don't think they're playing particularly well, but you know, Mayfield has had a fine season. Uh, the team we have them about fifty to one to win the Super Bowl, they should be well over a hundred. Uh, so I think on our network by the time the dust clears it's gonna be it's gonna to continue to be all Pittsburgh.
1: Johnny, you mentioned how there's some exposure on the Bucks with regards to some Super Bowl futures. Let's take a quick look at some of the Stanley Cup splits. And I know uh, on DraftKings, you guys do a great job putting out some cool lines on the Stanley Cup. Where is the money coming in as far as where people are betting on the Stanley eventual Stanley Cup champion? Is there one team in particular that bettors are looking at?
3: I'll tell you what team has scrapped quite a bit of action. Uh, was the uh, the Avalanche. Um You know they they were uh, probably had them double double digits and now they're they're sitting at seven to one. They're actually the favorite, and you know this team has been a good team the last couple of years, and they look like they have everything that's needed. Um, So we'll see if it does pan out. Now, my you know when I look at odds that we have and people bet futures early, sometimes it's best to wait. And see how these teams start the season off, because we adjust prices every day. Uh, remember, Tampa Bay last year was about five or six to one. You could have got them at eleven or twelve to one during the course of the season. Um, so sometimes it's good to look at the lower odds teams and see how they start the season. You're not going to get much worse than you know where a lot of these teams stand now. Uh, some other teams that's grabbed some money. The Toronto team. Uh, out of the north they're the favorite uh out of the north and they're the fourth choice so 11 to 1 and the vegas knights on our network uh, they've got some money but when i was dealing the vegas knights in vegas at so a vegas casino they were a big hazard for us uh every each and every yeah. year
1: Johnny, as always, we appreciate you doing this for us. Love having you as part of our show, and enjoy all the games tomorrow and Sunday. It's going to be an amazing weekend, and uh, we do appreciate your time. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome, Aaron. All right. That's Johnny Avello from DraftKings, their race and sportsbook director. Dom Padula, the director of TSN Edge, will join us next, as he does every Friday night, for his regular appearance. That's coming up next on The Edge. Woo, Al's brother bringing the heat on the tunes, and we are bringing the heat with our next guest. It is Dom Pedula, the executive producer of TSN Edge, who joins us every Friday night. What's up, Dom?
4: Oh, not much. I'm still trying to get over the fact that uh, the first up Survivor Pool is one of the two that I ended up going the distance in, and uh, still coming to terms with the fact that uh, the Seattle Seahawks let me down big time. And that was one of the one of the only times this year, Aaron, where you you advised me don't take uh, Seattle, save them mm. for another week, maybe go with the Vikings that week. I didn't. Safe to say, I regret it.
1: So you won. You were one of the 15 winners in the first up survivor pool. Uh, I believe so. Well, dude, you should have emailed me. I have a bang hat courtesy of Carlo Coleakovo for you. Huh. So. I need your mailing address. Maybe I'll just drop it off. We'll hang out. We'll have a couple beers outside. And that's nah, too cold for that. Who are we kidding? We'll save that for the summertime, when hopefully all this coronavirus nonsense is behind us. So, Don, we're 17 and a half hours away from the Bills and the Colts, and I still have not heard or met or talked to a single person who is backing the Colts in this game. Are you a person who has any inkling towards the Colts, Phillip Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, maybe being able to get it done against the Billies?
4: Yeah, no, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. Uh, I, absolutely not. You know, I, I and I. it's funny, I look, Phil Rivers is 4 0 in the wild card round, and no one even wants to talk about it because so no one's going to trust Phil Rivers against his Buffalo team. has been one of the hottest in the NFL over the, the last month. And for the last few weeks, I've been talking about them as the one team. Upset the Chiefs in a potential playoff game. And the reason for it was simple. They're, they're one of a couple of teams in the NFL that might have the offense to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. I I think that they should blow away the Indianapolis Colts. And it's, it's as simple as heading into the playoffs with a ton of confidence. They're a loose group. You know, they, they've, they've absolutely dominated, uh, with double digit wins over the last few weeks. The last three in particular, averaging over 47 points per game. They get John Brown back. Josh Allen looks calm. He looks comfortable. He looks like he's put the, uh, the previous two playoff appearances behind him. Those are a thing of the past after an MVP caliber season. Uh, and their defense has really shown up over the past few weeks as well, averaging uh, just 5.8 yards per pass allowed over the last seven games. At least make it a little bit difficult on Phillip Rivers. And so I guess 50% of the equation is the Buffalo's. Buffalo Bills defense making it tough on Phil Rivers, and then the other 50 making his mistakes that you know we could count on him for this weekend. So, whether it's the offense, defense, or even special teams, I think the Bills have all three bases covered, and I think they win this game uh, by at least a touchdown at home and cover that spread.
1: All right, Dom, we're going to throw you on hold. Al's brother will call you right back because your phone's a little bit wonky, but you're absolutely right about the Bills. They have won six games in a row, all of which have been by double digits. They're averaging 38.2 points per game in their last six games. The score differential, 119. That is absurd. The Buffalo Bills have been on fuego and they look to be primed to continue uh, that coming up on Saturday at one o'clock. We do have Don Padula back on the line, the executive producer of TSN Edge, and I need to get your take on the Browns and the Steelers. And the Browns have been the story of the NFL for all the wrong reasons. Their head coach Kevin Stefanski ruled out due to coronavirus. A number of their offensive linemen questionable heading into the game, and Joel Betonio, their stud guard, will be out. Six points. That's all it is. Six points in favor of Pittsburgh, considering the circumstances. What do you make of that one, Dom?
4: I, I, can't, I hope you guys can hear me, and I can't believe that that line is where it is. I'm surprised that it hasn't moved to more than a touchdown uh, with the Steelers as the favorite, obviously. I looked at this line earlier in the week, and I was surprised it was as low as, as it was. It's moved to six and a half now, but still under a touchdown. I mean, can anything else go wrong for the Browns? heading into this game. I mean, they finally make the playoffs, and they get to play a team that's absolutely dominated them for more than a decade now. they got to go on the road for that game. They, they haven't practiced yet this week. They won't have their head coach on the sideline. They're missing a couple of key players. Baker Mayfield doesn't even throw in a pass in practice this week. And so now all of those factors add up against them, and they're playing a team that dominated them when both teams were healthy earlier in the year. And I'm not sure what I'm missing. I know the Steelers weren't good over the second half, um They weren't a great team in November and december, um, but they 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 rested a lot of their guys last week. Uh, that gives them a chance to regroup and sort of reset for a Browns team that they have to feel comfortable against this week. I'm surprised that that number hasn't moved over a touchdown, and I think that if you like the Steelers in this spot, you might as well have taken them already or take them now because I mean at the very worst at the very worst, this line should stay around six and a half. I don't think it's going to go the other way. Uh, but I do think that if there's any more bad news for the Browns, which, hey, it, it wouldn't be unexpected at this point after all that they've dealt with over the past couple of weeks, there's a good chance that that line moves over a touchdown at some point. So I like the Steelers. I'm already on them. I was on them earlier this week, and I think they win this game. They win it handily. Um, regardless of what side you're on, though, now it would make sense to lock in the Steelers.
1: My favorite play this week, Dom, is a money line parlay involving the Bills and the Steelers. You can get it about minus 115 parlayed together, and I think both teams will cruise to victory. So you kind of throw the point spreads out of the equation and just put them in together. You have a game on Saturday afternoon and a game on Sunday night, and if they come together, you could do quite well for yourself. Let's talk about Saturday night. Tampa Bay. Eight-point favorites in Washington. So much talk about Chase Young and that front four for the Washington football team. And not so much talk about Tampa Bay and how prolific that offense has been in the last five weeks or so under Tom Brady, who for the second time in his career recorded 40 touchdowns or more, which is remarkable considering he is the GOAT. What do you make of Tampa laying the eight in Washington as the road favorite?
4: Well, well, the first thing is, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are talking about that Washington defense, and that defense deserves a lot of credit. But I think the reason why so many people are talking about it is if it wasn't for that Washington front, there really wouldn't be much at all to talk about in this game in terms of will it be a close competition. The only thing that stands out to me when I look at it that uh, gave me a moment of pause is the Bucks are the fourth team since the merger to be a road favorite of at least six points in the playoffs and the previous three all lost outright. Now, I'm not saying that Tampa Bay is going to lose this game. I don't think they will. I think they'll win. But it's, it's just interesting to me that this isn't the first time that a team has been in the same sort of situation the Bucks are in going to Washington, the only team in the playoffs that had a losing record during the regular season. And yet, in all three previous instances that were similar, it was actually um, the underdog that won outright. Now, going forward to this game, I just think Washington, they just have too many issues right now. When you look at all that they've dealt with inside the locker room over the past couple of weeks, Terry McLaurin's banged up Alex Smith. He will get the start, but Ron Rivera's talking about rotating quarterbacks because Alex Smith isn't even 100%. And now you got to go up against a Tampa Bay defense that really hit its stride over the final few weeks of the regular season. And now I think some of that obviously is the fact that they were able to beat up on teams like the Lions and the Falcons. But at the same time, you know, Tampa Bay – throughout the first half of the season, we really didn't know who they were. And a big part of the problem was there was no training camp and there was no preseason to really evaluate them uh, as they tried to get comfortable with so many new pieces. After that bye week, from then on, they were one of the best offenses in the NFL, right behind the Packers. And again, it's hard to evaluate based on the strength of their opponents. But Tom Brady, whether it's Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, if he's good to go, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. He was spreading it around to all of them, including Antonio Brown. Once Mike Evans went down last week, Antonio Brown had a massive game. Um, so you look at that matchup coming into Saturday night, Washington does have a decent front, but I don't know if that back end is going to be able to hold up with Tampa Bay having as many weapons as they do, especially if Mike Evans is willing to play. I like Tampa Bay. Eight, eight, eight and a half is a lot of points, but to be completely honest with this matchup, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was nine and a half, ten. So I, I like Tampa Bay. I think they win. Uh, I think they win handily, and I'll take them to cover.
1: Dom, you know we do the pound-the-table picks of the week with Al's brother and the grappler who will join me in about five minutes. If there was one pick, one pick against the spread this weekend, which would you identify as your pound-the-table pick of the week?
4: I take the Bills, and, I, and I've been on the Bills you know, for a few weeks now, and I don't want to – I'm almost – um, I would almost be a little bit more cautious about being so convinced how how hot a team looks going into the playoffs that they would just be able to keep it up. But the fact that they're playing the Colts, it just makes me feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that Phillip Rivers is on the other side. So when you look at what Josh Allen's done, his body of work this season, the defense rounding into form down the, down the final stretch, and just the confidence that that group's playing with, I don't think that they're gonna slow down this week and I think that they win in cover. Um and it's it's less than a touchdown, so I feel pretty comfortable about that.
1: Al's brother is wearing his Edgerin James jersey. He is not impressed with your selection, Does but you'll have, have to make fan? Oh yeah, Al's Brother's a big time Colts fan. Al's brother, you wanna oh. throw the throw your mic on? Die Hard Colts <laughs> fan. Die Hard. Yeah.
4: So I, I just spent like ten minutes trashing the Colts. I'm sorry, but I it maybe next year.
0: That's okay. I spent ten minutes giving you the eye rolls here through the zoom chat. <laughs>
4: hey
0: man, you know what I've already I've kind of accepted defeat. I'm just hoping it's gonna be
1: a oh, great game. That's not a, that's not a true fan, Al's brother. You need confidence regardless of the situation. Let's I'm, go.
0: I'm a realist. I'm a realist yes. and I'm a man who puts a lot of money on the line in these situations. Ooh, so. Al's brother.
4: <laughs>
1: a lot of money coming in that for T S N uh, radio producers these days, let me tell you. Al's brother, um, Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what maybe, Al's Brother might be maybe, raking maybe it in. I don't know. No, I think I think I brother's. Al's, I mean, I don't think we have. Uh, you know what? We, we're we not going to give it away, Dom. The listeners need to stick <laughs> around and find out who we have coming up on the pound the table picks of the week. Thank you for all, for uh, doing this uh, for us, as always, my friend. And we will speak to you next week in advance of what should be another amazing weekend of football. Thanks, my man. We'll talk to you soon. All right.
4: Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy it.
1: All right, that's Don Padula from TSN Edge. The grappler standing by, Al's brother. Who are the Pound the Table Picks of the Week? Stick around and find out next on The Edge. Hammering home conviction. Stop the hammering. It's the Pound the Table Picks of the Week. Where's the hammer? On The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. We're back here on The Edge on this Friday evening. We've been doing the Pound the Table Picks of the Week through the NFL regular season. I think as a group we hit it about 97%, so we're going to keep our good times rolling. Not even a smile, Al's brother, on that joke probably more like 27%, who are we kidding? It's been a rough go, but it's a clean slate. The playoffs are here and we have the Grappler and Al's brother for their pound the table picks of the week against the spread for Wild Card weekend. Grappler, happy new year. Great to have you back. What's going on and give
2: me your picks. Doing good, boys. Happy new year to you as well, and I'm also very excited that our it's just a clean slate, no regular season records. Let's just do this for the playoffs. And for my first pound the table pick, I love the Bills at home tomorrow afternoon for a number of reasons. First and foremost, that for the first time all year, they're actually going to have some of Bills Mafia in the building. In fact, if you listen closely, just down the QEW, I think you can hear some tables being smashed as we speak. As for on the field, <laughs> I got a big hot take for you. Expecting a huge game from Josh Allen. Here's a spicy one. Listen, arguably the runner-up for NFL MVP this year. He silenced every one of his critics heading into the year. And the Colts have been strong against the run this year, but they've been really leaky against the pass. And that's something the Bills have done all year is they've proven they don't need to run the ball to win. 142 points over the last three weeks. Easily the hottest team in football coming in. We've seen what Phillip Rivers can do in the playoffs. You know he has at least two or three picks in him tomorrow. I know the Colts are super reliant on the run, including rookie Jonathan Taylor, who's been great. But in a game where they're going to need to score at least 30 points just to make it close, I just don't see them keeping up with the Bills, which is why I'm taking those Bills at minus six. As for game number two, I got the Ravens on the road at minus three over the Tennessee Titans. I think this is finally the year that Lamar gets rid of those nasty playoff demons and Mostly because this just isn't that Titans defense from last season. Al's brother, you and Hayes talked about it on Overdrive not much more than an hour ago. The Titans D has been awful in 2020, especially against the pass. Facing a top 10 offense in the Ravens, I don't see them having that same success they had last year versus the Ravens. Defensively, the Ravens have one job, and it's stop Derrick Henry. This matchup is exactly why the Ravens traded for Calais Campbell. As for the secondary of the Ravens, strong enough. I think they're going to be able to load the box and still handle that Titans passing game. A.J. Brown barely practiced all week. I'm sure he's going to suit up, but how how effective he's going to be remains to be seen. I got to thank the Titans. They helped me a lot in both fantasy and betting this year, but it ends on Sunday, taking the Ravens at minus 3.5.
1: I got to be honest, boys. Everyone is on the Bills and the Steelers. Everyone. Those are my picks, too. We'll get to that in just a moment. Go ahead, Al's brother.
0: Yeah, I can't fault that. I think those are two solid solid picks. Hopefully we can all go 2 and 0 this week. Um but my first team that I'm pounding the table for right now is going to be the Seattle Seahawks at minus 3. Uh, I think Seattle's at home near unbeatable 7 and 1 against the spread this season. And we're not even sure who is going to be playing quarterback for LA. Is it going to be Walford? Is it going to be uh, Jared Garf? Like I don't know, man. Like our man Johnny Avello said it may not even matter that much anyways. I like how Seattle's defense, though, has finished the season. And sure, LA, they got a great defense, too. Arguably better. Most would probably say a lot better, but I'm not counting out Russell Wilson and company from having a big game here at home. So I'm going to roll with the Seahawks minus three and I'm pounding the table on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Overall, you look at the against the spread rate, uh, Cleveland six and 10, Pittsburgh 10 and six. So, uh, that's already one pretty, You know, good number going towards the Steelers' way. And then you just think about what's going on with the COVID bugs. Stefanski, he's going to be out. The top of lineman, Joel Batonio, he'll be out. A couple other stars questionable on the offensive line. If they can't go, Nick Chubb becomes rather ineffective. And if Nick Chubb doesn't get going, that means that Baker Mayfield's going to have to be a superstar, and he ain't it. He just ain't it. So uh, I think that Pittsburgh, uh, after nearly beating them with their backups last week, I think they lay a beat down on Cleveland this week in the wild card round. Big Ben and company rested,
1: ready to go. I think they roll, give me Pitt, minus six. I watched the segment on Overdrive, boys. Everyone's back in the chalk. Everyone has the favorites this week. This is going to be either a, just a glorious week for Vegas and the sports books, or it's going to be a bloodbath. One of the two. I guess that's kind of how it always works with, with betting. I'm taking the Bills. I mean, after, oh man, I don't know. I kind of look kind of like the Colts now, to be honest, just because everyone loves the Bills. Everyone. And for obvious reasons, they've won six in a row. They've covered in eight in a row. Their point differential in their last six games is 119. They've been blowing teams out. But everyone loves the bills i don't know it seems a little fishy, and i 'm also on the Steelers and everyone loves the Steelers. It all makes sense on paper Nine, seventeen players and coaches in the last two weeks involved in coronavirus protocols for Cleveland. they practice only once today in advance of the game and uh, the injuries um are are, are 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 piling up for Cleveland and uh, their coach isn't in there I'm, I'm taking the Steelers minus the six and uh i don't like either pick i got to be honest i'm kind of starting to. Back the the underdogs and and the people in Vegas get rich for a reason, boys. And it's because they they were they're right more often than not. Everyone is on these favorites, and I think there is the potential for a bloodbath come Sunday evening. It's been a pleasure as always, gentlemen. The grappler, Al's brother, terrific work, and we'll be back on next Friday night because we have a lot more picks and a lot more games to pick throughout the NFL playoffs. I'm Aaron Karolik. You've been listening to the Edge here on TSN 1050.